Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of four's base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate from there. I'm relatively new to RVing, and a few years ago, I convinced my wife that for an anniversary present, we should buy a used tent trailer from some friends of ours. Ever since then, we have fallen head over heels for the RV life, and we now find ourselves towing a 26-foot Jayco travel trailer. So grab yourself a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited because we are going to be chatting with YouTuber, The Bourbon Judge. He and I will talk about bourbons and my favorite campfire cocktail, The Old Fashioned. Plus, in our pit stop, we are going to be talking about a favorite hidden gem of a campground, Kayak Point. This Snohomish County Park is located about one hour north of Seattle and is rooted with rich history. The park provides activities that are fun for the whole family. They say that the love of bourbon is not simply because of the spirit. It's based on the people and the stories you experience it with. This is why he began his bourbon journey many years ago. As a bourbon enthusiast, educator, and online creator, his goal is to share his passion by educating others of this fine spirit we call bourbon. Officially, he's known as Marcus. However, his friends call him the Bourbon Judge. Welcome, Marcus. Thanks so much for joining me. Love it. Love it. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. So that just means that we're getting old. <laughs> I, I know. I don't, I don't really want to admit that, but yes, you're right. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also, I do want to just let everybody know too, that they can follow along on, uh, the bourbon judge's journey, or they can follow along on your journey on Instagram, on your website, and definitely on your YouTube channel, the bourbon judge. And I think I'm one of the initial five subscribers to your channel. I think I'm one you of the are. first, one of the first five. You are, you were literally, you might actually have been the first, no, no my wife was the first one. So I, think I, think, her credit. Yeah, I think I was number two. I, I, don't think, I don't think the Mrs. Judge beat me to that one. So exactly. You're number two. So uh, we go way back, Brooke. So glad to be here, man. Well, so I want to dig into bourbons before we get into anything. What is it? First off, what is it that you're drinking right now? Because I've got a high West Prairie ah. dog bourbon from high West. It's mm -hmm. delicious. But I yeah, want to know what you're yeah. drinking. Yeah, so I'm currently drinking Bardstown Bourbon Company, based out of Kentucky. This is their Piper Pavit, so it's a uh, a wine finish. Um, what I love about Bardstown is that they're really creative. They're like the new kids on the block. They take their own bourbon and then they mix it with other bourbon companies. You know, distilleries from either Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, whomever it might be. And then they always typically finish it in like a wine cask or some other type of like a rum and so forth. So really cool uh, distillery. They're almost like the new, the new age. They're the new up and coming guys. If you That's will. cool. That's cool. And I, I think of them, uh, I'm going to have to try and see if I can find them at my local stores around here because finishing them in a rum cask or a wine cask or something probably gives some really fun and unique finishing notes. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, now, specifically for you, what is it about bourbons? How long have you been drinking bourbons? What is it about bourbons? Sure, it's about the stories and the experience, but I mean, you could drink gin, you could be a rum drinker, you, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. why not scotch? So talk to yeah. me about that. Yeah, you know, so it's one of those things, Brooks, where 
bourbon runs in my family. So my family is from Cincinnati, Ohio, to right there on the Kentucky border. So as a kid, you know, I grew up in Jersey, but as a kid, every summer going to Kentucky, I'm sorry, going to Cincinnati, hanging out with my aunts, my uncles, everyone drank bourbon. So it's just, it's almost like a, um, it's almost like part of my DNA, if you will. So yeah. as I got older, you know, post-college years, we had some, some beers. I started to really learn a lot more about bourbon and just started to appreciate it. And fast forward, let's call it the last 10 years, everything, when I'm hanging out with friends, having a good time, or just sitting back on my own, bourbon just does it for me. It just, it just works well. It's such a great spirit. It really is. And you've had your cousin on your show a couple of different times, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, cousin yeah. Anita. She is. She's, she's well loved. She's a hoot, <laughs> she man. Is. She's awesome. Indeed. Um, when you're not drinking your bourbon neat or on the rocks, what is your go-to mm-hmm. bourbon cocktail? Ah, oh, man. So for me personally, it's probably an old-fashioned, right? Because an old-fashioned is just like the quintessential bourbon cocktail. I mean, there's whiskey sours. There's a ton of different drinks out there, but an old fashioned to me just kind of hits home. You know, you got the the bitters. The I do it with like an orange peel, and I love doing the orange peel all oh, yeah. around the glass. Hundred yeah. oh, percent, I'm with I, you. That's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty love right it, there. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's funny. So I just was um, out visiting my folks, and I was mm-hmm. talking to them about old fashions, and I was drinking an old fashioned one, and I had no idea. But my great granny, like old school great granny. The old fashioned was her go-to cocktail and she would drink it when she was camping. She would drink it at the beach, like, you know, born in like 1913 or something. I mean, she is, she's long since passed away, but I mean, that was her go-to cocktail. So the fact that I love an old fashioned, I had no idea that my great granny enjoyed them too. It's just kind of fun. That's awesome. No, that's really cool. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, like your great granny and I gosh, I have so many aunts and uncles now that they know I'm like, you know, they call me like the bourbon judge, which is kind of funny. Everyone says how much like they've, you know, loved an old fashioned themselves for years and years. So it's such a quintessential drink. It really is. But if I were to pinpoint you right now and nail you down, hold you down and be like, this is it. What is Uh the most interesting bourbon you've tasted? And why? Oh, gosh. All right. You're hitting me with the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all right. right. So I'm going to drop some knowledge in you. And for all of your viewers and your guests that listen to your show every week, I will tell you, one of the best bourbons out there, it's not what everyone thinks. It's not the Pappy Ben Winkle. You can take all the Pappies and let's just call them, throw them in the garbage. <laughs> there's, there's a company called Joseph Magnus. They make a cigar blend. So Joseph Magnus, huge bourbon company, not huge, but I guess they're, they're, they're decent size. They make, um, many of their bourbons are cast finished, right? So yeah. this cigar blend is finished in a brandy. I'm sorry, no, in an armyak, a cognac, and a sherry cast finish. So it's a triple cast. That is my, mwah just go-to bourbon it goes great with a cigar it goes great without a cigar it's fantastic that is awesome okay and i'm gonna what kind of price point are we talking about on that oh so unfortunately that one's a little bit pricier that's okay uh it's about 150 dollars. okay um but it's if you ever find it if you find it anywhere please buy it because it's wonderful and if you don't like it you can send yeah. it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'd appreciate that. 
awesome. You know, it's funny though, as we're getting ready to kind of talk a little bit about the old fashioned, did you know that hopefully I don't hopefully if people are listening from Wisconsin and I say something a little whatever, they'll correct me. But from my research, and I've spent a couple of I've spent some time in Madtown, which by the way, mm-hmm. Madison is a fantastic city. It, there's is a it? lot of really cool things in Madison. Yeah. Good food, oh. really good cocktails and whatever. I mean, it's just lots to do. It's a cool town. But there's a spot in Madison called the Old Fashioned. So I went. What? Yep. I met a friend of mine from there. We did cheese curds and old fashions. And mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that Wisconsin old fashions are brandy based. So they use brandy instead of bourbon. And then they'll either use, instead of simple syrup, they'll mm-hmm. replace it with like a 7-Up or a Sprite. So just doing a, the same amount oh. that you would do with the simple syrup, but you would do sure. it with a Sprite or a 7-Up. You know, one of those kind of like bubbly sodas. Interesting. Yeah. Did not know that. Wow. Is that like a Wisconsin like tradition? Like, does that go back a long time? There's really like two old fashions. They're two different drinks. But okay. personally, the Wisconsin version has probably a little bit more of a solid history to it. Ah. Um, yeah. John Dye, who's an owner of a legendary uh, cocktail lounge in Milwaukee called Bryant's, said uh, mm. it's been served in old men's basement and in corner bars consistently for well over 100 years. Whereas the classic old fashioned that people refer mm. to now has only seen a resurgence in popularity in the last five years or so. Um, yeah. In the late 70s, you couldn't get a bourbon old-fashioned anywhere, but you could always get an old-fashioned in Wisconsin. And people around the country who appreciate the Angostura bitters should appreciate Wisconsin for keeping it in business through the dark ages of cocktails. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, and I, I mean, when I was there, I obviously was like, okay, I'm going to have a Wisconsin old-fashioned, and it was good. I mean, it, you know, it? it's a little different than what I'm – traditionally used to but um but now i want to get into some specific bourbons that you think pair really well with that classic old-fashioned cocktail so if you have like some recommendations i mean so typically like i will go maker's mark i will go you know um bullet i know you know bullet both the orange label and then i actually Mm -hmm. just recently i also started using the rye and doing like an old-fashioned with the bullet green label rye all right but that's kind of in that out here sure pre-tax that's like in the 26 dollar for a fifth to 30 dollar price point range Um, but if i wanted to kick it up a notch because you know whatever i got a reason to celebrate a birthday or a father's day or uh sure you know whatever um Talk to me. Yeah. So, so you know, the, the cool thing about an old fashioned is when you're mixing it with a bourbon, depending on the mood you're in, will dictate the type of old fashioned you have, right? So, let me give you a good example. Traditionally, you know, nine out of 10 times, I'm having a, uh, an old fashioned. I'm going to have it with probably like um, maybe like a Knob Creek, right? Knob Creek, you know, it's a $25 bottle of bourbon, nice mm-hmm. and smooth, goes well with an old fashioned, right? But there's sometimes like, you know, like in the wintertime a lot, I love a rye, right? And the rye is still whiskey. And I'll take like an old Forrester rye, which is, we're talking like a $22 bottle of whiskey, right? So an old Forrester rye, replace that um, in your old fashioned. And it's going to be a a bit more earthy, a bit more of a bite, a little bit spicier. 
which honestly probably is great when you're camping as well. You know, so I love a great old fashioned with a rye whiskey versus bourbon, actually. Okay. And probably actually that old forester sounds a little bit more chewy. Yeah, it is a way more chewy. I mean, you talk, you're talking about campfire, yeah. man, nothing like in, like in a good old fashioned with a rye whiskey versus bourbon sitting by a campfire. Yeah. Sign me up. Kids are making <laughs> s'mores and I'm, I'm, you know, feet up in a rocking camp chair and just like, Hey man. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So what if I wanted to go with something, a, it's hard though, right? If I'm going to go with something a little bit nicer, even in more of the 50, 60, and if yeah. I've had a couple of old fashions, it's weird. The more mm-hmm. old fashions I have, all right, the less rocks, the less Angostura oh, bitters, the less okay. syrup, and pretty much really? it just becomes neat. Okay. <laughs> as the night goes on, there's less and less mixing and just, you know, put yeah. it in a glass. Um so maybe it's time then to switch out from that, you know, that makers or that bullet or that yeah. old, old forester into something a little more uh, better. A little harder. Um, yeah. The, the Mrs. RV out West this year for Christmas. I must have been a good boy. You know why? Why? What'd you get? I got an ice maker for my trailer. What? I can now make rocks. Every oh six minutes, this little thing kicks out rocks. And they're tiny little rocks. They melt really quickly. So they're good for like a cocktail shaker to like, you know, make something like a Manhattan yeah. to shake up a Manhattan and do it that way. But, you know, yeah, sitting around a campfire, awesome. it doesn't matter. You just throw a couple of rocks in your drink and you're good. So makes it all good. That's awesome. So what's your, let me ask you, you a question real quick. So what's your go to bourbon when you're sitting by, you know, you, you got the whole RV, you're camping, mm-hmm. you're with yep. all your friends, everyone's hanging out laughing right the guys doing their thing the ladies are doing their thing yep. what's in your glass what's your what's your go-to bourbon that's a really great question so i'm, I'm a little all over the map so and not i mean i'm a bit of a bourbon neophyte right i'm relatively okay. new i mean i like bourbons and and whiskeys sure. and whatever but um yeah. i would say uh, like woodford reserve or knob creek or those, Ooh, if I'm yeah. doing more like just kind of on the rocks or even a little. Yeah, neat. sure. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, usually, though, I, I mean, I like makers. Um, I haven't had it in a while because I've really okay. actually been I've been getting into rise. So it's funny you mentioned rise. So I've been enjoying okay. and learning a bit about rise. But like makers has a little bit more of those like cherry notes that they I kind do. of like and whatever, which is kind of nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Makers has actually come a long way, honestly. And you, you know, if you, it sounds like you're trying to get back into it. I think you like Makers because um, they recently put out a couple new versions. Um, but even like just the Makers 46, $32, $32 bottle of bourbon, tons of cherry because it's a weeded bourbon, right? So that's like yep. the difference of Makers. It's yep. a weeded bourbon. Tons of cherry notes, very just soft and just sweet and natural. Goes great with a, uh, an old fashioned. But even by itself, neat or even on the rock, it's a solid bourbon all day. It really yeah. is. I mean, this high west that I'm having, I should just bring camp. And this is just a nice, just I'm having it neat and just, you know, yeah. a little in a low ball and, and have some. The craft distillery movement here in Washington State and on the West Coast is exploding. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, okay. we, we know about Woodenville whiskey. That's kind of one of the yeah. first ones that kind of broke into the area. Um, sure. But like out on Woodby Island where my folks live, there's a small little, uh, I mean, small little craft distillery that just opened up 
and okay. or and I don't know about just opened up, but my parents picked up a bottle and it's a wheat whiskey because ah. apparently when you look to get your distiller's license in the state, there's some rules around it. I don't know all the rules, so don't quote me on this, but you sure. have to use like, there's a certain percentage and it's large. It's at least 50. I think it might be more mm -hmm. percent of mm -hmm. your mash has to come from agriculture within the state to help okay, support the it. farmers and the, you know, agriculture sure. within the state. So sure. we have a huge wheat region out in Eastern Washington and the Palouse. And so Ooh. this is like, it's called the Palouse whiskey and it's all a bunch of wheat whiskey and whatever. Um, and I had some of that at my folks' house and it was delicious. I mean, it was, was a little it? bit, it just was a little bit different, but it, I mean, different isn't bad. It was, it was yeah. nice. But you know nice. what, too, the other thing, I'm going to just do a quick plug. And I know because um, your Trader Joe's out there doesn't sell liquor, which is a wah, wah, wah. Wah, bad. <laughs> but the Trader Joe's bourbon is a, out here. It is a $17 bottle, pre-tax, $17 bottle. Really? Wow. And it is amazing. For the price point, oh my God. right? I mean, I'm not, oh you're not going to put it up against something that's been finished and aged and whatever. Sure, yeah. But for a $17 bottle of whiskey, it's incredible. Is that good? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I got to get some. All right. So kind of just wrapping up here, I'm very curious. You had talked about the orange, but kind of mm -hmm. share one of, what's your classic old-fashioned recipe that you really like to use? Mm -hmm. Good one. Okay. I mean, I so, can tell you kind of what I do, but I'm curious what you do. So I just, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll share some recipes here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, you, you might laugh at this one, but for me, I love a traditional old fashioned. I'm making my old fashioned. Nine out of 10 times when I'm making old fashioned, I'm typically making it with Knob Creek. I find Knob Creek, their bourbon, right? Because the gin bean product. So a little bit of a nutty flavor to it mm -hmm. as a whole, but always great quality, right? So I'm making my, my old fashioned traditional way, right? The, the bitters, the uh, the sugar, right? And, and so forth, obviously the bourbon. But, you know, in addition to like garnishing it with the um, with the orange peel, for some odd reason, I love, and I mean, I love just uh, adding in like a mint leaf, right? It just Ooh. gives a little bit of like spice to it and it just changes it up just a little bit, right? Just a smidge, just enough where it's still, you know, traditional old fashioned, but gets it a little bit spicy, it gets me kind of, Happy yeah. a bit. <laughs> you're throwing me because i've been getting into maraschino cherries and as a kid growing up ah. like getting the shirley temples like those yeah. rubber cherries are disgusting and so i've always oh, been I like know. oh i don't like maraschino cherries they're vile and yeah. all of a sudden you start finding those jars of mm -hmm. like real maraschino cherries yeah and you're like yeah. holy smokes these are mind-blowing they're incredible and so i been different yeah so i do an orange twist with a little with a good maraschino cherry um oh, i like it and i usually do like just a spoonful of simple syrup because i okay. don't want to completely tweak the bourbon sure yeah yeah absolutely. you know and i yeah, play I with angostura bitters i like the orange yeah. bitters over the traditional angostura bitters i'll use the traditional oh, you do? okay i like both bitters that's a whole you other do. thing okay bitters are awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. I like, I like, I like both. Also, I, I I can go both ways with the bitters, but I typically stay with the traditional ones. Typically, okay, okay, yeah. Well, folks, there <laughs> you have it. Um, I I just want to say again, we're 
Marcus, a.k.a. The Bourbon Judge, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about bourbons, to talk about old fashions. For those listening, you absolutely, you can find The Bourbon Judge on Instagram. Again, check out his website, www.thebourbonjudge.com. And of course, find him on YouTube and go binge on his YouTube channel. He has it all covered across the board. I was just watching you do a blind tasting of Ooh, yeah of rise you did six oh, yeah. rise blind tasting and that yeah because i'm getting into rise again so i went back and rewatched yeah. it and i'm like oh yahtzee this is awesome so <laughs> i appreciate you having me on brooks i love it thanks buddy cheers right, cheers kayak point is a popular county park in snohomish county located about one hour north of seattle it is nestled along the Port Susan Bay in the Puget Sound. This 670-acre park includes a saltwater beach, playground, picnic areas, and a boat launch, and a campground complete with a yurt village. In the early 1900s, the Killian family developed a resort at Kayak Point, and from 1920 to 1950, Kayak Point operated as a resort. Two of Killian's sons had kept a pair of Inuit kayaks from one of their Arctic expedition trips there at the beach. Later, these kayaks were mounted on display, and this generated so much attention that the resort became known as Kayak Point. The park supports a variety of activities, including fishing, crabbing, kiteboarding, hiking, birdwatching, paddling, and disc golf. Located to the east, about one mile away from the entrance of Kayak Point County Park, is the destination Kayak Point Disc Golf Resort, which hosts a total of four 18-hole courses. There are plenty of things to do at Kayak Point County Park. There's about 3,300 feet of shoreline to explore. So beachcombing, um, there's a lot that you can do. There's a lot of driftwood, and so making driftwood forts and playing around that, looking for seashells and beachcombing. Of course, you have all the saltwater activity, so it's a great launching point for your own kayaks or paddle sports, whether you want to do stand-up paddle boards. Uh, there's a really long, nice pier that comes out of it that's a fishing pier, so you can use that to drop crab pots or go fishing off of that if you don't have a kayak to go fishing out of. Just make sure that you follow the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife game regulations and be please be, make sure that you're licensed. Uh, there's also a huge grassy, a large grassy open area, so it's great for uh, flying kites or playing any sort, you know, setting up a game of cornhole or ladder ball or washers or any of those other kind of fun family bocce, those kind of activities. There's a huge playground there for the children that's got a really wonderful play structure that um, our children really enjoy playing on. There's a great spot with a covered area that you can rent for family gatherings, family reunions, or get-togethers with friends. They have barbecue pits, and you're right there on the beach, so you got a great view. The campground itself is actually up on a bluff, kind of up above the resort, the former resort area. Um, the campground's kind of small, which is great. It's very private. It's heavily wooded and forested. Uh, it, it's really a beautiful campsite. It's very well maintained. And the bathhouse is located right in the center too. So if, you, if that's something that you need to know about.
Plus, like I'd said, it has a yurt village. So that way, if you're bringing your trailer or your RV there and you have some friends who don't have a trailer or RV, they can easily rent one of the yurts and have nice accommodations so you guys can still gather and enjoy the campground and all the amenities that are there. Other things to consider, um, sites kind of 5 through 15 do have peak views of the Port Susan Bay, Puget Sound, that might be worth checking out. Those are probably some of the ones that book the quickest, so you'll want to plan ahead for those. If you are working remote and that's a priority for you, connectivity here at this campground has pretty poor cellular coverage. They do have some, so you might need to use a booster or something along those lines. Um, there is like your RV antenna for TV picks up about 28 channels, but the channels lag and are oftentimes pixelated. So I think it, the campground is nestled in a little spot where some of that connectivity could be a problem. All in all, this is a really great campground. It's close. Uh, it's like I said, it's about an hour away from Seattle, so you can easily get there. There's a lot of fun activities to do. So one of those kind of backyard campgrounds, the great little spot to check out. So if you're passing up and down the I-5 corridor between Seattle, Bellingham, Canadian border, and you're looking for a, a night or two to stay, I totally recommend you look into Kayak Point Campground. You can read more about the campground. You can even read my review that I wrote over at thedirt.com. That's the D-Y-R-T, thedirt.com. Kayak Point is a wonderful, family-friendly campground. I would encourage you to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Our next episode features an interview with Avanti Lawani, the CEO of Brighter Products, a manufacturer of RV solar and lithium-ion battery solutions. She and I discuss RV power, solar, and so much more. Plus, for the pit stop, we dig into the Washington State Ferry and discuss what you need to know to navigate the state's ferry system, especially during the peak of summer RV travel. You won't want to miss this great episode in two weeks. So on that note, get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.